What's happening? Welcome to the People's Show. Coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotic provider. Powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet? What are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Bick here with you. Ben, Elon, behind the glass, running the show. You as well into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. You can text in, of course. Uh, today, though, I encourage you to also... Uh, Open up the phone app on your uh, phone, not the message app, and go to uh, 604-280-0650 because uh, we'll open up the boards here for the first half hour on a big day when uh, the Vancouver Canucks announced that Jim Rutherford, the president of your Canucks, uh, signing a three-year extension. So if you haven't had a chance to call in about it, 604-280-0650 to, to talk about, you know, what the, the, the two and a half years have been like under Jim Rutherford. Where were you when the announcement was made? Where were you a year ago? And where are you now on the Jim Rutherford experience? And where do you think it's going to go here? So 604-280-0650. You can also chime in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. We don't forget about the texters. The texters are there too. But call in if you want. Uh, open boards here for the first half hour. Because it's been an interesting experience. Because think of where we were when Rutherford came in, right? The end of the regime there with the previous regime, the Benning regime, and you know, everyone was was begging for a little refreshing. And you get that. And you get it with instant credibility as well. You know, Hockey Hall of Famer, Cup champion, all the accolades that come with Jim Rutherford. And it was immediately like, all right, this is this is new. This is finally – some, some some credibility within the organization, and someone who would bring some stability, you would hope, too. And that played out for a year and change. And with the success that came with the coaching staff there, with Brudrow and you know, the Bruce there it is chance, people getting on board, a little bit of a division gets created there. People want to see the on-ice product continue to thrive. And you know the way it played out there a year ago, almost to the day, uh, January 22nd, it, the, the management group took a lot of heat. And Jim Rutherford was part of the face of all that. Patrick Alvin, part of the face of all that. And it, it left a sour taste in a lot, of pe- a lot of fans' mouths that, hey, this is not the way you do this. This is not the way you run an organization. And then suddenly a year go, b- goes by, and now Rick Tockett has won the appreciation of a lot of fans. And suddenly this, you know, foregone conclusion what today looks like you get this extension obviously a, a step in the right direction the continued direction for the organization but it, it's been a bit of a journey to get to this stage because each year has had its own personality and shifting tones as well from the fans and ultimately it comes down to are you winning or are you losing and right now the team is winning uh this one uh become a bigger gym fan once he uh, shut his mouth and just did his job. He's built a hell of a team. Yeah, he's gone into a bit of a reclusive pose, but uh, broke the silence here recently over the past six weeks. By the way, he's going to be joining Canucks Central uh, coming up at 4 o'clock. 
But those are the thoughts coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. 650-650-604-280-0650 as well. But that that three-year timeline here, two-and-a-half-year timeline here that we've seen uh, Jim Rutherford be in Vancouver. Like Again, each season has had its own personality. It was a rescue job immediately. Check what you have. You know, when, when, when Boudreaux first came in and Rutherford first came in, the tone from a lot of fans is, okay, what do we have here? We've talked about the potential of an Elias Pettersson, a Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, all these players, Brock Besser, but it just felt like it was it was a disillusioned reality from when they first came in and they had you know a bit of success and then it really slid away. Job one was was rescue the situation, and you had that little bit of success with uh, Boudreaux, and then it's like okay, you go into the next season, let's take that step. Let's take that next step to see where we can actually go. And it goes completely wrong. And you're back in square run and Rutherford's there on after hours looking at the rink saying, maybe it is a rebuild. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be longer than I thought. But they, they, they get their head coach and now you've gone from rescue job to improvement job real fast. <laughs> now as we head closer to the deadline. Our inbox is filled with it every day. My DMs are filled with it every day of, hey, should they do this? Should this be the guy that trade this and this? People are getting excited for what March 8th feels like and could be like. Uh, so the vibes are getting pretty big there. Uh, 650-650. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls in just a second. Uh, Dusty in Vancouver can't take feelings into account as a GM or a president. Hockey ops. All the success we get to enjoy strictly because of the front office. Uh, keep coming with your thoughts in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. But again, first half hour is going to be your show. Uh, if you got thoughts on what the uh, news was today and what the direction of the franchise is, uh, 604-280-0650. We got Noah in Vancouver. All right, Noah, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Um, yeah, I just want to maybe highlight how uh, how Jim Rutherford has made Alvin's job so much easier, especially just transitioning to the Vancouver market. Um, it's obviously not easy with the media in your first year, um, and I think I think uh, without Rutherford there as a buffer to kind of ease Alvin, and I think it would have been really challenging. And I think it's uh, it's given Alvin the opportunity to be comfortable here and um, and make moves without taking any of the heat or pressure. So uh, I, I don't think that gets talked uh, talked about a lot at all. Noah, thanks for the call. 604-280-0650. When you go back through this whole process here, like when, when Patrick Alvin gets hired and all these steps here, you know, Jim Rutherford came out with the idea that, hey, we're going to build this type of front office. And, you know, the term I'd always used was it's going to be Patrick Alvin being the driver of a car that Jim Rutherford designed. And it's taken a little bit of time. But you really see, like here in the past year, obviously, Patrick Alvin stepped out into the forefront and obviously as well. Uh, you know, he mentioned today, like, he's really proud of the work Patrick Alvin is doing. And as a first-time GM, like, there's a lot of potholes you can drive into. But Patrick Alvin's done a really good job here and clearly qualified for the opportunity that uh, was waiting for him here in Vancouver. But having the guiding hand and how much did we hear in the first year? Like, every time Patrick Alvin did an interview, Jim Rutherford's name was not far from his quotes because... You know, there's there's a close relationship, obviously, but the development path of even someone like Patrick Alvin uh, has been laid out for someone like Jim Rutherford to to keep building this front office. And you know, he talked about like wanting to grow many people's careers, and he's done exactly that. 
you go through like the five point plan that Jim Rutherford had to begin. Uh, you know, one of them was, yeah, we wanted to hire a diverse, different group, and they've done that, and they've managed to bring in some of the people that they wanted to, and you see the the credibility that's been earned from some of the staff members uh, over the past two years, including Patrick Alvin. So it's a good shout from Noah. You can grab that phone line, 604-280-0650 as well. Uh, this one. Uh, unsigned text. If we're going to give management their flowers, we have to be honest. Remember, this is the management that got in over their heads with Kuzmenko and Bovillier. Well, the Bovillier one, I'm not so worried about. That one was you know, part of the trade there. They take it into this season. It's not as if Bovillier didn't have success, by the way, in the short run last season with Pedersen, with Kuzmenko in that spot. And you go into this season, like it's a, it's a depth winger. Those aren't overall extremely valuable spot. So you had to make the money work with the trade last year as well. So that one, you know, they they turned it into Zadorov. so I'm not even that worried about uh, what that one looked like. Their, their main piece was getting the first-round pick, getting Atu Ratu, and flipping that to go get Philip Ronick. So, you know, the Bovillia one I'm not too concerned about, the Kuzmeko one, though. Well, Bick, hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course you can say that now, but he put up 39 goals last year. Mm-hmm. It's easy well, to say, oh, they should have traded him. It's it's about the opportunity cost, right? It's what could you have done last trade deadline? Is there another transaction you could have done? But you look at what they're trying to do. It's you know, it's trying to make this step to go into the next phase of what their uh, build looks like. You know, taking away a, a thirty-nine goal winger from Elias Pettersson would have been odd because they wanted to compete this year. But that, that, that that's plainly obvious. What could they have gotten? Was there a serious market for a player that had just played half a season at that point? Basically, I'm not sure that would have been worth it to trade him even. So I I don't think it's fair to blame management but, but also, for making the decision they did. It, it's tough because it was like it's it's selling at its peak. Like no matter what whatever you want to believe about you know what what could have been available last trade deadline was it a first high second whatever it is. You would agree that, like, based on the contract and its production, no matter what, that was the high point. Like, he would have to done spectacular stuff the next season as well, but he hasn't done that. And now you're in this spot where last night was not encouraging at all. Now this is no points in eight games for Andre Kuzmenko. It's not going well. Saddled to the bench yesterday for good reason for good reason and hey, we like we've done this before and pocket wasn't even asked about it yeah in the post game presser we, we've done this before too where we've seen after a game Andre Kuzmenko it's like oh he, he was harsh on him and you go back and rewatch it and you say man he missed this four check he was low slow to this puck and not exactly tough on another play so it's happened before, and you, you rewatch. Like, I, I went and rewatched this morning. I was like, all right, like, how, how harsh was it to, to, to not get an opportunity in the third period? And, you know, there's a couple of pay, plays. It's like, yeah, you picked off a, a zone entry pass, kind of backtracking to the D zone. That's nice. But, you know, you're, you're slow on a play where Dylan Gunther gets uh, a, a shot off. There's, a, you know, one play on the power play where you, you know, Quinn sets you up and you're in the slot, but you don't really get a strong shot off. And then it's – you know, turnover, anonymous, and 
on the goal against as well. Not that I think the goal against is entirely on him, but it is his guy that's kind of creeping in from the corner. We'll talk about that goal against as well with Brett Festerling. BFF Fridays back in form here uh, as he joins us uh, again on Fridays. I'll talk to Brett, who will be on the call tomorrow for the game against Toronto, no less. Four o'clock start. You'll hear it on these airwaves tomorrow. Uh, so you got thoughts on that game as well, 650-650. But the Kuzmenko thing was the big talking point yesterday. It's it's noticeable. And it, it's you know going into March 8th as well, is this something you want to sort out? And, and Rutherford even today uh, talking about it. Don't know what we – do more than what the coaching staff has been doing. He's lost his confidence. He's a good player. He can score. No doubt in my mind, whether it's in Vancouver or another NHL city, he will score. Okay, obviously, like, the the headline there is in another NHL city, but keeps talking about he will score. Like, this is the thing we keep mentioning here on this show, and you've heard it here. Like, Andre Kuzmenko is a real NHL player. He's got real NHL skills. But is there a demand that he should be the type of player or he needs to be a type of player that maybe he's not entirely comfortable being? Like, there it is in, in plain plain English. Like, like just that it doesn't fit within the system that the Canucks are trying shoot. to have? Sco- go score goals. Go mm. score goals. Be a weapon. Yeah, and he doesn't shoot enough. Like, I, we keep bringing this up. Like, his, shoot, his shooting stats are so low. And like, his shooting percentage isn't like so egregious. It's down to 13.3%, but nine games ago it was up to 17%. You can clearly have got ability to shoot. No one's going to sit here and say, like, oh, Andre Kuzmenko, you don't really have a, a, a good shot. He's got a good shot. It just doesn't seem like he wants to utilize it with anywhere near enough frequency that he's taken 135 shot attempts this year. 135. So like, does it look like to you like he's hesitant or that he doesn't well, want a, he's to? He's like not in positions to, to, to shoot enough. Right. But, yeah, there have been moments. Like we've seen on the power play. Like gets the puck right in the slot and dishes it out wide. Like, oh, man. Seems like an opportunity. Like forget shots on goal. Just attempts just aren't really there for Andre Kuzmenko. It's low. For someone that we're talking about, someone who scored 39 goals, you, you get prime opportunity playing next to Elias Pettersson. Has it slowed down Brock Besser? Has it slowed down JT Miller? That line scoring. You can clearly be a, a fantastic player. And you're put in it, – it, it's not boardwalk next to Elias Pettersson, but it's you're, you're on that final row. Like, playing next to Connor McDavid is boardwalk. Park Place might be next to Sidney Crosby or uh, next to Nathan McKinnon. He's the green ones. What are those, Vetnor Avenue? I'm trying to remember the the uh, Monopoly board now. Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I feel like it's Vetnor. Vetnor. Yeah, it is. Uh, good shout by me. Good call. Vic, uh, the thing is, a lot of people are saying, you know, it, ha- it can happen to Brock. The guy's having confidence issues, but we've seen him do it before, and he's obviously in a slump. Is it too early to give up on a guy who's only in a second year in the NHL? who scored 39 last year. Yeah. What if he gets it going? That's get another it. weapon we have for the playoffs. Totally get it. Right? Like, again, I, I think he's a real NHL player. I think there's something there. He's got a good personality and all this sort of stuff. But it was January 18th, and you were benched versus Arizona at home. Like, this team's going to the playoffs, okay? Mm-hmm. 
all those things. Like, hey, you can be good in the in next season. He can reclaim some of the glory. You're going to the playoffs this year. Like, how 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 badly do you want to see if that comes to fruition? That he's going to reclaim it by the end of the year. Well, how much does he have to be scoring for you to be comfortable to put him in a playoff lineup? Like, if he scores, I said this number to Elon earlier, like ten goals in the last twenty games, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Yeah, that'd be if, fantastic. Be great, right? If he's scoring at that pace heading into the postseason, are you okay with him being in the lineup for playoff games? Like, what is the number of goals he needs to be scoring? What's the pace for him to be in this lineup? Because right now he's not scoring and he's not defending mm-hmm. at a level that talk it's comfortable with. It's, it's probably like, again, this is even low, but it's probably like a 25-goal pace. That's that's probably it. That's, and to Elon's point, he's proven that he is capable of that. So... Yeah, like again, like I, I'm not debating like the the talent. Mm-hmm. There's talent there. I, I think we sat here for years in, in some dark seasons, uh, made cases for guys that are like, oh, this guy he can probably be a 25 goal scorer, and they just weren't. They they just weren't. We, we we've we've done that through seasons of you know 2017, 2018, 2019. Guys getting roles and into spots, and eh, I, I don't want to you know, bring up dredge up all the names here again but but we remember what 2017 2018 and 2019 look like and it, it's not it's not just the louis erickson's of the world right it's it's a lot of different players that got opportunities andre kuzmiko i think has more natural talent than a lot of those players but he's not even scoring at a 25 goal pace right now i, I think he's scoring at like a 16 goal pace right now so it's 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 a stark difference from where he was last year to where he is this year and I I think it's more than just natural shooting percentage was going to come down that was always going to come down it just doesn't look like a very confident player right now how much of that is on Rick Tockett how much is that on Andre Kuzmenko uh 650 650 I don't think Kuzmenko possesses the puck enough in the offensive zone to shoot more well he's got opportunities to do that like now he's possessing the puck significantly more without Elias Pettersson but with Elias Pettersson, he's going to be handling the puck a lot more. But, again, I don't need you to dance through four guys. Like, you got to get in the right spots to shoot more. And that's the thing that, to me, is not happening. Uh, Daniel and Burnaby. Uh, Kuzmenko is Yakupov. I don't know. Did Yakupov score 39? I, I, I feel I like he's already one. had a better career than, than Neil Yakupov. 650-650. Uh, Trust the process. We, the market, are so quick to condemn. Uh, Besser, Pedersen, and Miller were all written off recently. Uh, trusting the process. Uh, I got something wrong there. Uh, Vetnor was the yellow ones. I totally, yeah, I botched that one. Uh, Vetnor, Marvin Gardens were the yellow properties in Monopoly. Pacific is the green ones. Pennsylvania Avenue as well as well in the green ones. I feel like it. That's one. My bad, my bad. I, I used to remember the whole board. I used to play Monopoly a lot. Who amongst us didn't, right? You guys board game guys? Not really. It, n- not <laughs> like holidays so. thing? Yeah. Nothing like that? No. <laughs> I used to play NHL Monopoly. I have that stuff. Oh, of course, yeah. I'll bring that in. Toronto was boardwalk, right? Yeah. Canucks cashing in on a boardwalk tomorrow, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, all right. What was the other green one? North Carolina? Text in if you remember what the green one was. Pennsylvania, Pacific, North Carolina. You guys, nothing. Board game's not part of the, the it's, vibes? It's the wrong producer crew for this conversation. Man, what did you guys do growing up? F- cell phone games? Played iPad. Oh. Played sports. Sports. Hey, well, yeah, Watch sports. Obviously. 
Uh, 650, 650. Free my boy Kuzmenko. He ain't done nothing wrong. Uh, keep coming with the thoughts. We'll pitch a bunch of these to Brett Feshling on the second half of the show. Getting ready for the divisional round, though. All right, every Friday. Last week, three for three. Uh, let's try to improve on it. It's Big Six. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Take it to the house. It's Big Six. Three and three last week. 56, 52, and 6 on the year, 51.9%. So I got dragged down a bit with just a 50% record. We got to finish out strong. Let's start Saturday morning, going through to Saturday night or Sunday night. Texans plus 9.5 at the Ravens. I think the Ravens win this game. But 9.5 points feels like a lot for a game that could go at a slow pace. And how the Ravens kind of choke this game out. I think they know they're superior in every which way. Manage this game well. I'm loving the Gus Edwards props in this one. And just grind this game out how they want. And the back door is going to remain open all game long. And I could see a 15-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Texans get one late. Cover the spread. Ravens get ready for next week against the Chiefs and the Bills. I just don't see a lot of edges the Texans have, but nine and a half points is a lot with that quarterback playing that way. CJ Stroud. It just feels like that back door is open. And I don't know if the Ravens are going to play as fast tempo to keep the gap, say 24 points or something like that, 20 points, where nine and a half points becomes so insurmountable. So I'm going to take the points. Texans cover, they lose 28-20, but they cover the 9.5. 49ers minus 9.5 versus the Packers. No, we just talked about offenses can cover the back door. I am so worried for this Packers run D. I've seen this movie so many times, and I know they've been a little bit more improved this year, the Packers defense. But if there's ever a bogey team that one team has had, it is Kyle Shanahan versus these Packers. It's the 49ers versus these Packers in the playoffs. Colin Kaepernick ran all over him. Raheem Mostert has run all over him. Now you get Christian McCaffrey behind this offensive line that Trent Williams is healthy. I do not know how the Packers are going to slow this down. I've tried to look at it all week. I thought, this edge, this edge. It just it feels bad because it's such a great season for the Packers, and they just have this team that terrorizes them in the playoffs. And the 49ers are comfortable. Like, they'll pound it away and say, hey, Brock Purdy, if you throw 14 times this game, it's fine by us because Christian McCaffrey is going to have 200-plus yards. The run game, Debo Samuel, is he going to get the ball behind the uh, from the backfield? How often do they give it to him? And just create explosives after explosives in the run game. I think they choke this game out, and they just boat race the Packers. And I don't know if the back door is going to matter here. Lay the points. 49ers win 34-21. I have flip-flopped on this one all week. And I think I flip-flopped this morning. Then I flip-flopped before the show. I'm going to go Buccaneers plus 6.5 at the Lions. I do think the Lions have some edges that can take advantage 
of the Buccaneers, and we saw earlier this season, they didn't have a lot of resistance en route to a uh, massive win over the Buccaneers, 20-6 to in week six or week five. It, it was pretty easy for them. But a lot has changed. Like We're talking about Baker Mayfield, year one, in this offense. Week six is different from end of season. They've improved. The key is going to be how does Detroit get Baker Mayfield off rhythm? And if they don't do that a little bit, I think there's enough in this passing game that they can keep this close. The six and a half, I'm a little worried why it's not a full seven. Is it inviting Lions money before you get to seven and and play back on the on the Bucks? So maybe it's a trap spot, but I'm going to take the points. How the Buccaneers run the ball, how they protect the pass is massive. And the blitz game really worries me. Goff has been excellent against the blitz this year. They got a couple of weapons that can win early. Amon Ross St. Brown certainly uh, getting a lot of targets. He could eat in this game. But I'm going to take the points. Bucks in the upset, 24-23 versus the Detroit Lions. And finally, Chiefs plus 2.5 at the Bills. Elon, no reaction behind the glass. Bill Superfan, number one. Gave me a finger. I'm kidding. It was a thumbs up. I'm kidding. It was a thumbs up. Uh, I'm taking the points in this spot. I think this defense for the Chiefs, too good. Josh Allen, fantastic year. But I just worry about the Bills injuries that they have in the back seven. Chiefs haven't been fantastic, obviously, offensively. Run games come a little bit better come together a little bit here and I think the offensive line on the Chiefs showed a lot more than they have all season last week it continues this week take the points Chiefs as the underdogs in Buffalo winning I think we're going to get a good one here 34-31 Chiefs winning so that's Texans 49ers Bucks and Chiefs this week Elon how you feeling going into uh, this weekend I think it's going to be another Chiefs-Bills classic like we've seen over the years. So, it, can it be like another classic when the Bills haven't won? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we talk about this like yes, this great yes, rivalry. Can. And it's like, it's Allen and Mahomes. Like, they're the guys in the AFC. Well, the Bills have won their previous two matches. They've just been in the regular, regular season. season. I regular think, season. hold on. I think, I think it can be Bills a classic. Time here. It can be a classic. Yeah. But I don't think we can call it a rivalry, maybe. Rivalry is right. a built in the playoffs. If you haven't won, and, 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 and there Mahomes? has to be a two like a, a give and take to it. Andy Roddick was asked, like, what about the rivalry between you and Federer? He's like, I don't have a rivalry. He yeah. beats me every time. 100%. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay, so when we have the show on Monday, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be calling it a rivalry when the Bills get there. There we go. There, look at that there confidence. There we go. There it is. I'll be seeing you Monday with my Bills right jersey, Bick. Stone cold. What's that? I'll be coming in in my Bills jersey, flexing right. on you. Win or lose? No, only if they win. <laughs> <laughs> Support the team, man. 365, win or lose. Uh, all right, that's big six. Brett Fastling on the other side. We'll do some guys name and dudes to wrap up the show as well. All here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.